We are fresh back from the draft in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Welcome into another edition of Borderline with Bernie. I'm Jeff. Thanks so much for tuning in. And, and you know, I know I say that every week, but seriously, thank yeah. you so much to everyone who is listening because, you know, the more that we are out there at these events, the more that I don't want to make it sound like a ton of people come up and say, and say yeah. hey listen but but you know all, all these events that we go to now there's always at least a few people who come up and say hey you know love listening to your show so and, and as much as it's surprising we like, isn't it it's surprising yeah. i've gotten a couple of those man we never miss it i'm like wow that's yeah and, and from the players cool. i like that too you know when we when we get to kind of feedback from some players because um i don't know that just that just always feels good too so seriously thank you to jade who's not a player <laughs> and uh, and to everybody else for listening to the show because we really enjoy doing it and uh, and we joke about getting feedback. Uh, we don't have a way to, to give feedback. If you want to if you want to give us a shout on social media, um, hey. actually, actually I don't check social media either. So um, you can there, there are ways you can get a hold of us and tell no, us I'm just what we're doing. Yeah, I mean give us a shout on social media, whatever. But uh, uh, truly appreciate everyone who's who's listening. So. Um, all right, so uh, I just saw you this weekend, so I'm not going to ask you how you are because I know mm -hmm. how you are. We had a chance mm -hmm. to hang out quite a bit, watch some football, yeah. did the draft. Um, hey, thanks for hopping in on the draft coverage. Well, for those of you who who are outside the game, who just kind of listen because uh, you enjoy the show, we actually had an ACL draft, a team's draft, our second one for the new team's format. And uh, man, if, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, uh, we kind of talked about this last week, Bernie, but I mean, it's it's really it's 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 darn close to being ESPN three worthy. I think not it is. linear TV yet, but it's darn close. And we had eight cameras. We had uh, Chase and Corey who were producing and directing. We had sixteen tables for all the teams and their teams huddled around. And the general manager, they're making phone calls. They're going through stats. Uh, we had a crowd. Yeah. Uh, we had four people at an anchor desk. Bernie, you're able to hop in and help us out with the coverage, which is awesome. I mean, it was like legit. It was like legit draft coverage, and it was. I, I I really thought it went well. Corey and Chase did a great job, and it was, it was fun. It went fast. The picks went pretty fast. You only had two minutes. The teams didn't even need it, uh, uh, most of the time. The whole two minutes. But uh, I thought I thought it was great. I, I really had a good time. I thought it was that you know each year we've stepped up, right? Two years ago or three years ago, however you want to look at it. You and I sitting on a couch. Right for yes. for ten hours over two days, just we we joke, but it really wasn't. It really, I think it really was close to ten it, hours. It was, it was, it was three hours the first day, seven the second. Oh my god! Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was uh, long. <laughs> it, no, I mean you know it was, and it was grueling, and it's one of those things. You know, when we got done, I felt like you know, wow, what an accomplishment! That was kind of crazy, but yeah. It was the first one ever. Progressive. Were... We've gotten so much better. The ACL yeah. now after season, you know, season three draft. It's pretty impressive the leaps that have been taken. Now are there, you know, can we get better at certain things? Sure. Yeah. And we're going to. But I mean, considering where we are, I mean, I look back. Did you ever see uh, ESPN's like coverage of the NFL draft the first time they covered it? No, I don't think I ever have seen that. Like, uh, you know, it's not what you see now. Put it that way. You no, know, it sure. is nothing like you see now. So it's uh, it, it feels pretty cool to see what we've accomplished in a couple of years. Yeah, um, I, I would like to have had the chime. You know, we did it. We did it the first year, <laughs> but it wasn't loud enough, so people couldn't right. really hear it. But yeah. since we're TV partners with with ESPN. You'd think that we could get that, you know, chime that they do. Yeah. Um, so I thought maybe we were going to have that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was really was it really was great. And uh, the rookie class, 
Uh, we also, for those who don't know, we also had a combine, uh, which was which was great. Uh, there was a rookie skills contest slash combine in the morning. Uh, what was it? Four different flights of rookies. I think there were almost what forty rookies or something like that. Yeah, it was or, or more maybe. I don't know what the exact number was, but these rookies were amazing. Airmails, pushes. Uh, they had to pre- they had to do a deck around, which is basically a, just a normal uh, uh, just ten round. rounds. Yeah, yeah just, just ten play. rounds. Yeah. Uh, and then Anthony was on a really te- Anthony and Trey were on a really technical stage of what you do, you know, to get around a block and score. Uh, I mean, just different skills things. And to watch these rookies uh, was great for us. Um, you know, to be able to see how they play, but man, and then that night, that night, a lot of them got drafted right away. I mean, right away. So these rookies yeah. are gonna be fun to watch. Uh, I mean, I'm talking what 11, 12, 13, 14 year old kids that are incredible. Yeah. You know, the rookie class, and then you add in the U18s and the U18s, I think have, have really, to me, if, if we were to talk about what's been the most important change in cornhole over the last three years, I think it's the impact of teenagers. Yeah. I mean, the, the impact of, I mean, some preteens, I mean, just they've truly are transforming the game and it's, uh, it's been kind of crazy to watch because the older folks are having to adjust right there. I mean, you know, a lot of these roll bags and a lot of these different styles of play have come from some of these kids, not all of them, but some of these kids, you know, because they've got the time to develop these shots, right? They have the time that some of the older folks don't. So it's, uh, their impact on the game has been pretty crazy. And so you have another rookie class that has another group of, you know, U 18s in there. And so it's, it's, it's amazing actually, because, you know, look, yeah. if, if we're being serious, we are talking about something that yes, anyone can do, anyone can play, anyone can win that whole, you know, our, our, our motto, if you will, but to do what they're doing on the level they're doing, it is still super impressive. And to do it as a 13, 14, 15 year old, that's fascinating to me to have that kind of focus for that long. I mean, it's, it's crazy to me. Yeah. True. And that consistency. Yeah. To be able yes. to do it. I mean, it's just, unreal. just on a whim, just to be able to just do it. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I was thinking about this uh, just now, actually, you know, I think the one thing we were worried about is when all these U 18s, these rookies, you know, these younger players, when they get older and they start getting responsibilities, you know, mm-hmm. will they fall off? But, you know, the more I think about it, the money continues to grow year after year after year. Mm-hmm. So maybe by the time these kids are out of high school, um, they're going to be able to continue to play because they're going to be making money and they'll be able to play full time. I mean, we're getting more and more players every year who are now playing cornhole full time. So maybe the money will be there for these kids be it um, uh, winnings or sponsorship to where we don't have to worry about them getting a full-time job. This will be their full-time job. So I don't know, maybe we don't have to worry about, you know, the, the life, the life changes ahead. They'll just always play cornhole. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, think about it, Jeff, if you're 16, let's say, let's just say 16 arbitrary and you jump into the top 30 as a player in the ACL, well, you're going to get money from a bag manufacturer. That's pretty, you know, pretty important. You're going to win, you know, you're going to end up making, you know, right now today, what, 60, 70 grand total. I mean, most 16 year olds will take that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know I mean, what the I mean? Sponsorship, the bag sponsorships. I mean, j- and, and I don't, I don't, I don't have a spreadsheet in front of me, but I mean, just from what we hear, I mean, the bag sponsorships roughly range from, I mean, they, they can fall pretty low to, you know, a few thousand, but I, I would think the significant ones are anywhere from 20 to, to six figures. Yeah, you know, for, it's, for some it's, of these uh, top top level players, and that's just for the bag sponsorship, not to mention yeah. the winnings that you get. It's on crazy. Top I mean, it's, so. it's getting better. It's getting better. It's slowly. Yeah. It's not. You know, we wish. You know, in a perfect world, we would have a couple of giant sponsors come in and just you know 
dump <laughs> dump their accounts yeah. onto our desk so we could we could throw that money around. But uh, you know, maybe one day. But but yeah. the money is getting bigger and bigger, and it's. I'm with you. Like what? And, and for some of these kids, look. All right, tangent. We're going to talk about it now. I do worry. Like all right, just like other sports. Let's say a kid plays cornhole for a few years, and let's say you know, do, do they go to school? Should they go to school? Should they get an education or learn a trade so that they can do something? You know, when cornhole's done, right? I mean, we talk about that in other sports all the time. You know, why why are they going to college? Why do we force you know athletes to go to school? And is it you know, is it it? Do you need that? You know, for, for when the playing is done, because you know. Even in other sports, not everyone's making the eight, nine, ten figure contracts like some of these guys. You know, the second string offensive guard isn't making that money. Right. So, you know, do they have anything to fall back on? And the careers, you know, on average only last four years in the NFL. So how how long can that money last? And so right now, the money's not all that big. I mean, it's it's bigger, it's bigger than most 16 year olds are making, for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's not big enough to live the rest of your life on. So well, should like they be, should they be going to school? Should they, you know, is it yeah. something that their parents should think about? I don't know. I mean, I've, I think about that when I see them, when I see them all like walking around, like, I mean, yeah, this is cool, but are you taking some of the other stuff in your life serious? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's an interesting argument. I think it's, it's a tough family decision. And I saw it having to be made all the time, you know, in all my time with baseball, because it's mm. the same thing. You know, a lot of these kids get drafted really, really low rounds with very small signing bonuses out of high school. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you you get a you get a fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollar signing bonus, you know, from from the Kansas City Royals, you know, as a fiftieth round pick or whatever. Uh, that seems like significant money, and then all of a sudden the parents are like, "Wait a second, you do realize that fifty thousand yeah. dollars, you know, sounds big to you, eighteen year old, but right. that is nothing." in this day and age. So, you know, it's a tough decision. Do you take that little bit of, of, uh, of change and, and try and, you know, keep the dream alive and make it work? Or do you go to college where you have to play for three years? Right. So, yeah. I, I, I it's just, gonna be, it's going to be a family decision. Uh, but, I, but you know what though, Bernie, to your point, I think this would be a good decision. If the sport gets to that point where there's a little bit of money involved to make them think that's probably a good thing for the sport. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. The, the problem is the way our sport's set up right now, and I'm sure things will get different. You know, if you if you decide to play as a pro at 14, 15, while you're still technically in high school, you can't play college. So if you go to college, you're going to have to find a way to keep playing and attend class and do all these other things. It's not going to be a part of your college experience. So right. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's some tough decisions. And I wonder, like, you know, it seems cool, right? Like it seems like you know if some of these kids, like let's say a Jake Gore uh, after a season he had last year, I don't, I don't, I don't know what he was able to pull down bag sponsorship wise because I know that money's changing and how that's getting spent every season. But you know, you have that kind of year and that kid makes let's say eighty, ninety grand. I don't know what he made. I'm just throwing some arbitrary numbers out there. Could Once be. again, that is an ungodly amount of money for a fourteen year old. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's not going to last forever. I mean, it's really not going to last that long, last at, long all. at all. Yeah, no. and you know, they, don't, they don't have the bills that that guys like you and I do. But yeah, it's still not going to last that long. No, you know, might you know, and then you, you're you're probably thinking, oh man, when I'm 16, I'm going to get a sweet car. Like, yeah, do that. Well, that's gone, yeah. right? I mean, it's 
You can, I'm not even sure you can get a sweet car for 50 grand anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, get, you get a nice car. Not sure you can get a sweet car, but but you can probably get a nice car. By the way, again, for those of you uh, maybe who didn't watch outside the sport, whatever, uh, speaking of Jake Gore, congratulations to Jake. He was the first overall mm-hmm. pick in the draft. Nice and again, and again, to our point, just 14 years old, but uh, but very deserving. Had a terrific season last year. So, you know what? I do want to get your your thoughts on the draft, if there were any teams that stuck out to you. Uh, but first, while we're talking about it, um, I, I did have a, a great conversation with Stacy. I don't think he'd mind me throwing this out out there because it's just it's uh, at this point, it's just kind of a large, you know, 30,000 foot look at the league. But but Stacy did actually mention it in his uh, opening remarks at the draft. But uh, so the ACL has been working with a company called Endeavor and Endeavor um, basically works with some other uh, entities uh, like uh, what the uh, UFC, UFC. Yep. yeah, they own the I, UFC, I think, a, f- a few others, yeah, yeah, and, uh, and PBR, all that stuff. Yeah, PBR. That's that's a good one. PBR. So so they basically come in and they evaluate your business and try and figure out things you're doing well, um, and then and then more importantly, things where they feel like maybe you're falling short or or places where you really need to maybe focus on uh, th- that are growth opportunities. And and Stacy and I had a great uh, talk because uh, some of that Endeavor said was they feel like that that the ACL could really um, stand to put a a bigger push into college and high school. I feel like I feel like we have a good presence there already, but according to Stacy, it sounded like you know Endeavor really thought that that was a really huge growth opportunity, which I think is super exciting for the sport because you know if you think about it, it's just natural, right? I mean, with all the sports and all the clubs that are at high schools. I mean, you know, my, my, you know, I've got a, my two youngest are, are 21 and 18. So, I mean, they're just fresh out of high school, yep. all the clubs at the school, like why not cornhole? And then at the, at, at the college ranks, you know, when I go back home and go to an Iowa game, all the people that are, or, or go back to Kansas, all the people that are playing cornhole, you know, tailgating, why not, why not have a cornhole team at college? So I thought that was, it's going to be really interesting to see the growth. Um, I, th- I think there's going to be some real point of emphasis made, um, mm-hmm. By, by the league to really kind of, I don't want to say necessarily pivot because they've already been doing a little bit, but really put a emphasis into that. I'm sure, I'm sure you're aware of this as well behind this. Well, I mean, I was the college director for a couple of years and it was hard. Uh, it was super hard, believe it or not, because a, you have to get kids on campus invested. They have to be the ones to do it. I, we can't come in now. It sounds, and it's surprising. I mean, Endeavor has to know this, as an outside entity, you can't go onto a college campus and say, we need to do this, this, and that. Like, it doesn't work that way. They don't let you on. Sure. They, con- they control all of that, which means the students, the kids themselves, have to be motivated to want to start a club. Someone has to be a leader, go through the process, all that stuff. You know, it's not just, hey, we want to do this. You have to show, you know, numbers and all of that for them to for them to put their own money into it. And it was there was more to it than you think. But, yes, there needs to be – a larger push and like it was a lot easier at smaller schools. For example, the first uh, college cornhole team that I know of that is a true funded by the university varsity sport, Winthrop, University of Winthrop in Rock Hill. And I think that's so cool. Uh, Dusty is actually taking, leading the helm there. He'll be the first coach. And they actually now have a, you can get a scholarship in cornhole. That is awesome. Love that. That is awesome, and that's now you know. And hope, There's one up in up in up in uh, what is it? Aiden College. I, I yeah, that, I don't know exactly in Michigan. I don't know exactly what yeah. they are. I don't. I, I can't okay. remember if that's a fully funded varsity sport. 
I know they got fourth. a head coach, right? So that's, yeah. that's a good start. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't remember because I don't know who they played. Like, you know, the thing about Winthrop and like I don't, if, if Aiden really does have a varsity sport or if it's a big club, you know, it's like, who do you play? Right. Yeah. Right. That's the one thing about having a varsity sport on a college campus. It, you have to play somebody. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? For it to be considered. So that's another thing, getting college, you know, getting the conferences involved at a higher level. And then you have a specter out there of the NCAA and like, what do they want? You know, do they even like right now they think of it as a lark, <laughs> you know, they're, mm. they're not interested at all. And so you need someone like an endeavor to actually maybe approach them and say, Hey, this is real. This is going on. Yeah. You know, we, we would like national championships, but maybe the ACL just becomes that de facto NCAA for the sport. Right. Which is, which is essentially what we've been trying to do. So it's, I know the work that's gone into contacting every single, uh, uh, you know, person involved on college campuses, you know, with campus rec, you know, getting those people involved. And when we did that for the, for a couple of years, literally contacting almost every single campus rec person that we could find for on, on any type of college campus, whether it was, you know, major universities, small colleges, community mm-hmm. colleges. I mean, we, we tried it. And it's just, you know, with the big schools, oddly enough, you know, you don't get the buy-in at, say, a University of Alabama. Well, some because of you some of you probably do, like at a Tennessee. You don't. And you don't. Not I, from I, the I, university. I, not from the university. Oh, okay. The kids. Gotcha, yeah. Once again, this doesn't go anywhere until you get buy-in from the universities and all of that. I mean, you there's yeah. There's people playing competitive cornhole on almost every college campus, right? Yeah, and some of them in Colorado, right? Colorado's got a big program with. Well, with once a lot again, of you had a yeah, you had two or three students that really jumped in and really did yeoman's work to get that done. They had a hundred kids in their club. Yeah, but that was driven kids making that happen. So you have to have, you know, it has to be on that other side too. It's we've got a long way to go there. Honestly, we've got a yeah. long way to go there. Well, I mean, that's that's where that's where it helps to have somebody like Endeavor, I would assume, to put together some sort of <laughs> business model to be able to to present to these universities. You know, here because because my my guess is I don't want to get into the minutiae on this because it gets boring. But my guess is there's two different paths. You can it can either be under the athletics department or it can fall under clubs, right? All right, mm-hmm. probably the two the two different paths that you take. But maybe there's two different business models. So so you present those to the universities. Hey, this is the way that you can do it um, to run it. But I don't know. But again, to have that business model, to have, to have, um, you know, yeah. And like you said, each show would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Each, each university is different. Each college is different. Some of that all like campus rec intramurals is under the athletics department. Most schools it is not, it's completely separate. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. Yeah. We, we shan't get into the minutia of all of that because it is yeah. kind of boring, but it would, but it would, I mean, it, it does seem like it's just, just a natural, sport to have in high you would think college, I, I agree with you we yeah we definitely we got to find a way in the front door because what was happening you know prior was the front door was shut on us and we had to find a way in the back door so we've got to find yeah. a way and hopefully someone like endeavor can help us get in the front door sure yeah all right let's go back to uh i hate to go back in reverse here but but back to the draft uh i mean were there any teams that that stuck out to you. I, I took a look back at the rosters um, this morning, actually, just to kind of see if there were some overall teams that stuck out. I, I do hate to, there's 16 teams around the country, right? Do you right. want me to go first? 
Well, you think yeah, about I mean, I, I thought about it. I've, I've got a, I've got one that I think kind of off my head. I thought did really well. Upgraded, okay, like shoot. I, I think that uh, some of the lower teams, and I will talk about this later when on, off, and in if we get to it. I thought the Georgia Sliders. I thought yep. they upgraded. I, I thought you know they were able to get off a, a big trade and get, get Josh Holland from the Timber for. I mean, I thought that was a steal of a trade for them if you get Josh Holland at at his A game. Yes. Um, I, I think they picked up, I mean, I think they truly upgraded their talent, but once again, I mean, you, you look around at some of the other teams, I mean, I, it's hard to argue against some of the other teams, right? I, I mean, I, I, it's the, the talent level is so deep, but I, I, I like where the sliders were heading in their draft. I, I, I totally agree. That's one of the teams I wrote down. I don't want to spend too much time talking about today because we talked about them a lot in the draft, but their top seven or eight picks. I mean, just yeah. money, no Wooten, Cameron Belvin, Ryan Smith. Uh, Bobby Hunt, Terry Mathis, Duncan Clemmer. I mean, here's here's where it really. I mean, this middle part: Duncan Clemmer, Ryan Wiedenfeld, Josh Holland, uh, then Trey Hunt, Tyce Cobb, Cody Johnson, uh, Gabe Dolan. But I mean, th- those those top seven or eight picks. Um, you know, as they were building their team last week, and I'm like, whoa, they are onto something. Uh, I don't know if it stayed strong throughout the whole roster, but they sure got a good start. But um, just a couple of teams I was looking back that stuck out to me. And again, I mean, there there were really wholesale changes for a lot of teams. But, yeah, yeah. And I know we talked about them last year, um, and they completely underachieved. But I'm going to give a shout out again to Kentucky. Sure, um, absolutely. Matt Guy, Brett Guy, Damon Dennis, Samantha Finley, Justin Rule, Kimberly Glass, Ryan Hart, Pat uh, Pat Sem, who we talked about. I mean, mm-hmm. a rookie who really shined bright in the uh, in the skills competition. Um, or in the combine, whatever you want to call it. Anthony Bainball, Mark Burgess. We were screaming about Mark Burgess, right? Who's going to take him late in the draft? They picked him up late. Uh, Brandon Brown, Lori Duell, uh, David Ryan. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I think Kentucky really, really put together a pretty good team. Uh, and just a few others. Um, you know, most of you who are listening are going to know this. I thought I thought Ohio put together a really strong team, led yep. by Noel Mons and Trey Birchfield, Fisher Hamilton, Gavin Cano, Carson mm-hmm. Getty. Um, Oh, Evan Vanos. They picked him up kind of later, I think, than maybe even Mish and Wally. And Anthony thought he was going to go. Uh, Tony Franco, senior. Josh Thielen, you know, he could be, you know, maybe a guy you throw out late in one of your uh, one of your matches. Um, and then Texas, I wrote down. Las Vegas. Uh, Chicago, I thought, did a really good job. And then and then one more for you. I don't want to bore everybody, but but uh, one more for you. See if I can pull it up. Okay. Anthony will like this. I'd love to hear him. I haven't had a chance to listen to Anthony and, and Trey and Misha's show this week yet, but I, I actually think that Colorado maybe put together kind of a sneaky good team. Uh, oh, yeah? One, Derek King, Adam Hisner, uh, Eric Anderson. I, I I think Eric was probably a good pickup, right? Um, Ian Cripps, uh, Caden Allen, Ryan Trader. I got a story about Ryan Trader yep. I got to tell you later. Nick Patuski, uh, Connie Altice. Um Trey Baker, Mike Selmeyer. I mean, I don't know. I, I I just felt I just felt like Colorado might have put together kind of a sneaky, quiet, good, good draft. I'd love to hear Anthony's thoughts on that. I, I think um, the coasters are really good again. Yeah, the coasters are good. Yep. I think if they can get away, you know, stay away from off the board issues like yeah. they had last season, I think they'll be Agreed. fine. You know, I think that's that was kind of the big knock on them last season was they had some issues off the board that hurt their team. Hurt their, I mean, hurt their roster, quite frankly. So, yeah. I think if they can stay away from that, pretty solid squad. And I think they were. I agree. 
I, I think the way they were manufacturing that squad and putting it together, there was a lot of thought there. So I, yeah. I, I like their squad a lot as well. And I like what some of the teams did with the regional push too. You know, I mean, we, t- we talked about this. We yeah. talked, talked about this last few years, but you know, Texas, what they're doing, really trying to stay regional was was good. Obviously, Carolina was trying to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I think Chicago and Michigan try to do that to to some extent. It's harder, obviously. Like Anthony joked about it on uh, during the draft. Tough to do in the state of Colorado. Easy to do in Texas, right? I mean, yeah. you, you got no, it's true. Players, it's true. It's true, but like that's that's where we're going to get our buy-in from the average sports fan, I think. And yes, if you look at other sports, like are the Philadelphia Eagles, is everyone there from the Philadelphia region? No, right? Absolutely not. But you know you, that sport's been around long enough; you don't have to have it. But for our sport being in its infancy, if you will, on, on the national stage, it'd be kind of cool to get a lot of that regional flair to get people, you know, other people involved, the average sure. sports fan to kind of take a look if they're from that area. So that's kind of cool. Sure. Yeah. And uh, by the way, for those, again, outside the sport, check out, if, if you haven't, if you want some cool swag to wear, to just some random stuff that people would ask you about. Um, like, I get so many comments on that. Actually, I got it right here. Hmm? This hat that that somehow I allegedly picked up at the soccer game, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that. I got you. Yeah. But the, uh, I don't even know, I don't even know what their mascot was. But the, uh, anyway, so. LAFC. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, I bought a hat there, but I get I get so many <laughs> I get so many comments on uh, on that hat. But anyway, go to I play cornhole and check and just go to just just go to the drop down menu and you go to teams. The logos and the swag, Davis Streaker, awesome, strong brother. Davis Streaker is the guy behind the, the mastermind. I like the home ball. jerseys. What do you think about that? Talking about yeah. jerseys and all of home that versus away. I, I love the home whites, man. I thought the yeah. home whites came out great, especially for yeah. Uh, yeah some of the teams. It just looks awesome. What are we talking about here? 16 yeah. teams across the country, home and away jerseys. Yeah, this is fun. Good stuff. All right, uh, we got to keep moving. I hate to keep bouncing around here, but real quick. I, I mean, you and I have talked about the future of Cornhole mm-hmm. as far as, you know, how to play and that that five-tool player, if you will, the hybrid mm-hmm. player uh, that I also like. You know, it's someone who can play some offense and play some defense, right? Sure. There's there's just a just – a, uh, I, I feel like the, this is such a defining era – of the sport as far as the, uh, you know, technically playing the game. You got some guys going this way and some guys going this way, right? Mm-hmm. So I watched a game between Ryan Trader, who we were just talking about, young player. How old is Ryan? 13? 13 um, or 14, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just a kid. He's going to be one of the great rookies this year, without a doubt. And I watched him play Frank Modlin, who is just an old school player. Couldn't have been a different game, but yet <laughs> such, right. but yet such a great example of where the game is going and how good it's getting. So here's the round, right? And this and this is what you and I, what especially me, talk about. It's the best of both worlds because you get a little bit of defense, but you get a lot of offense, a lot of scoring. So Ryan, first bag in, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he was trying to put the first bag in. I like first bag in. I know some. I know a lot of people like first bag block. I don't like that. That I think that's terrible for the sport. Whatever. First bag <laughs> is in. Frank's first bag in. No surprise. Frank OG, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's just he's pretty much a slide airmail type style player. First two bags in. Now here we go. Second bag, boom, perfect block by Ryan right in front of the hole. So you know, Frank being old school guy, bag in front of the hole. What do you do? I'm going for my airmail. So he goes for the airmail, and what happens? He misses. Right, which most people do. It's a hard shot, you yeah. know, from thirty feet away. I, and, and that's another thing. I, I, 
I like to talk about on the broadcast. You know, we talk about the boards being 27 feet apart. That's true. You're shooting 30 feet away. Yeah, 10 yards. 27, yeah, it's 27 feet tip to tip, but don't forget it's another three feet to the hole. So anyway, first trying to hit an airmail, trying to hit an airmail from 30 feet away, not easy. So Frank shoots the airmail, misses, goes off the back, right? Mm -hmm. So now here's here's another big thing. So now Ryan doesn't go for an airmail because he's a new generation. He's a hybrid player. What does he do? Roll bag. So he throws his roll bag, but misses the roll bag, but he misses right on top of his own bag. And mm -hmm. that's this is where the roll bag is great, right? Risk versus reward. Your roll bag, when you look at the percentages, has a has a higher percentage chance of staying on the board. So he misses it technically, but it stays right on top of his bag. Now he's throwing Frank in a really tough decision. But Frank, Frank's like, hey, I got this. I'm gonna airmail. That's what I do. I'm, I'm an old school guy. Yeah. So Frank goes for the airmail, and what happens? Misses again, right? <laughs> so now Ryan's got him right where he wants him. And now this is the level. This is what I loved. I mean, I was just giddy when I saw this. So Ryan, this kid, rips this push bag and throws him and pushes him all in, collects the whole damn thing, gets a 12 on a three, and boom, he's off and running on a big round. But this, yeah. I mean, to me, that was just a, a microcosm, I guess you could say, of this whole new trajectory that the game is on. And mm -hmm. sorry, I hate to bore everybody with this, but man, I loved that. I mean, I hated it for Frank, obviously, and Frank's going to hit those airmails and we'll have different rounds. Ryan went on to, to win it big, but that's what these kids are doing, right? And I yeah. loved it. I mean, it was, it, was, it was everything. It was offense. It was defense. It was a block. It was a collect. It was scoring. I loved it. It was just, I'm telling you, I'm so glad I was standing there watching that match. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean that's that's what uh, tangent. Yeah, most people would most people would tell you in the cornhole world that that's actually a defensive game. But you have yep. to be able to finish. Whatever you have you to be able to. It. But you have to be able to collect. I mean, that's the whole yeah. thing. Like that one one of the things that you talk about, which I think is great, bags on the board, like the ability to collect those bags. Like, yes, way to go, your block worked. But if you don't collect them, you know, you're not really getting the big benefit of it. Right. You know, you're, yeah. you're going to score, but you're not going to score much. You have to be able to collect. And I think that's where some players are struggling. Like, yeah, they'll throw some blocks out there and they'll, they'll cause all kinds of chaos on the board, but they're not really able to collect. And so they're getting two points or one point here, two points there, but it looks awful. Right. Terrible. But, um, you know, and so, I mean, you can get those one or two points in different ways. I, I just, I'm with you, but it, as long as you can collect it, do it. Yeah. I, I, I like it. I, I like the strategy part of the game and, yeah, it was amazing. It, it, it's like it, to me. To me, that was like watching Steph Curry hit back to back to back threes. You know, he comes down the court, puts mm -hmm. one in, comes back, turnover. They kick it out to him, hits another one. Then they come back down. You know, there's a miss, rebound, outlet to Steph, pulls up, hits another. One. I mean, it was exciting like that. I mean, it was. It was just. It was. What? It was yeah. What? What, what? When our when our game can look bad is when that first block goes up, right, and then the bag in behind. It kind of makes it harder to collect your block. So now you've both blocked, and now you're both having to airmail. Or do you have that kind of roll cut, the rut, that's able to get around both bags and over the top, which I think yeah. is the smarter play if you can do it. Because if you miss, you're probably staying on the board. But once again, all these bags are all over the board, and it doesn't look all that great. It looks Perfect. on television to a person that doesn't know what you're doing. You know, it looks like you can't really play all that well. Because right. they they just don't get it. They don't understand, you know, the nuance of what you're actually doing. But yeah, it's that's the new style, right? That that's the new style. I'm surprised Frank didn't go in behind on that. Yeah, second he was aggressive. Rack. He just and then and then he fell behind so early. He then he just had to stay aggressive. 
yeah. and and just couldn't come back. But it was amazing. I, I just thought that was such an incredible round to watch, and just and just so I don't know such a great example of where the sport is going. Just just high level, just high level execution. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> Uh, all right, we got to get to on, off, and in. Oh, we still got to get to our power rankings. Uh, one more thing: uh, the schedule is getting close to being released. I talked to Stacy about that this weekend as well. Um, so that'll be. I mean, the open schedule. I think the what the first five or six opens are are in the books. But as far as yeah. nationals, they're getting close to locking down those nationals. But um, I don't know. Maybe we want to save this for next week. But I was uh, I was wondering what your favorite places to go were I, I can give you mine i mean i just i just wrote them down just real quick before we yeah go ahead I, I know i know what mine one of mine is for sure uh vegas i think i think i think it looks like we're going to vegas uh maybe around super bowl weekend that would be awesome and try and do like a big super bowl event out there um i loved it when we used to do that uh, yeah. the first couple of years i think we did that right down uh, we weren't we weren't at the super bowl but we tried to vegas close yeah <laughs> vegas is fun it's just you know you got to have money to enjoy vegas <laughs> that's the thing it's well well and it, and and it's and it's expensive for the league too so i think they're yeah. trying that but uh man that's that's expensive so i would say i mean just vegas again this is just off the top of my head this morning vegas uh all right uh mesa i love that i love that facility down there in mesa just just and i love I being in scottsdale i love scottsdale arizona yeah so I, I'm, I, I'm all i'm all in when we're down there i love it yeah just just a great place to go um uh, this this one might surprise people a little bit uh, Fort Worth. I really like going to Dickie's Arena in Fort Worth. I know we're kind of in the doldrums, um, but I like that main area where we can put the broadcast court. And for mm-hmm. some reason, I just kind of like being in that area. It's just kind of fun to walk around and and uh, I don't know. I, there, there's something about that place that I like. Uh, it just it just seems relevant to be in Fort Worth as well. Uh, Erie, I put down not because Erie is a big sexy city. I kind of like going to Erie. I, oh, I like, God. I mean, if we're talking facilities, facilities I mean, if we're, if we're talking facilities, I would go, you know, a couple other places too, but I like going to Erie. Erie's always been a yeah. good time. Oh, it's so good. And then Rock Hill. I mean, Rock Hill to me is just the Mecca. I mean, sure. Yeah. The, the, the fact that we don't have a national there and the world's, I'd be totally fine with that. If we did a national there and a world championships there. And I actually talked to a few players this weekend uh, who said the same thing. So, but again, I don't, you know, I'm not privy to all the logistics, but man, I, I think the players would be down for it. I'd love it. it yeah. It, I mean, it, it's, it's a matter of getting the time. Yeah. I mean, silly. they, yeah, they do other things there, a lot of other yeah, things. Of so it's, it's a matter of being able to find the time, but I, I mean, all the nationals and worlds there would be kind of cool. I think. Well, at least and I'm, the, I, yeah, I'm not saying all of them, but I, I, I am and worlds there. I am because we know how it works. I, I mean, it's, it's easier for us to do. Put it that yeah, they race they race at Daytona twice a year, don't they? Don't they race at Talladega? All the big ones. All the big yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. So uh plus, plus it would give the players, you know, maybe some of the newer players a chance to to, you know, maybe maybe your second or third national is there. Just give you a chance to play there just to get comfortable with it and mm-hmm. kind of help you tune up for worlds. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Those are just a few of my favorites. I like it. I like it. I mean, it's one th- I'm trying to think of my favorite facility. I mean, Erie's got to be up there, right? Erie's, Erie's up there. Uh, it's great, right on the water. I, I do like that place in Mesa. I, the size is a little challenging. If we were going to do a national, I think the size in Mesa is challenging. Um, yeah, it's well, tough. As far as size of a place, that was incredible, but a place that we will never go back to was Portland. 
that place was monstrous, right? Yeah, that place was big. I if they could, yeah, find a way to clean up Portland, it was fun. Yeah. But man, that man just got to do something about the city itself. Yeah, for yeah. Portland, that place was monstrous. Yeah, so anyway, I, I I liked uh, you weren't around a couple of years ago, a few years ago, actually. Wow. Uh, when was. we we when we were in Connecticut, did you go to? Oh, uh, no, I, I did not do that. Mohegan Sun. The Mohegan Sun was cool. Yeah, I, I kind was, of enjoyed that, that trip right before I started. Yeah, that, I liked the Mohegan Sun. Maybe other people didn't. I mean, it was a just a giant rectangle of a building, right? But it was. Uh, I liked. I liked the Mohegan Sun. That was fun. All right, we're running out of time. You want to do Always. power rankings here, real quick? Sure. I mean, let me grab my power rankings. I've got a different thought on my power rankings. Uh oh. I'm 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 totally rethinking the way that I'm doing power rankings. Okay. And and you know what? I'm I'm just going to be a to- I'm just I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm just going to be a front runner. I'm I'm just, I, I'm going to be the what have you done for me lately power rankings guy. Sure. So so I I kind of switched mine up a little bit just based on what I saw this past weekend at the open because I thought there was some I mean that open was huge. You were walking around. It felt like the world championships. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, basically the who's who of cornhole was there this past weekend for the first open. So, but yeah, so I'm, I'm just being a total, I got a word for it, but I don't want to say it, but I yeah, got you. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. What have you done for me lately? Power well, hit me, do it. Hit me with right, yours. You go first. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. I'm cheating a little bit on number 10, but I wanted to keep him in there, but I got a new number 10 as well. Tied for number 10 in my power rankings, Matt Guy and Trey Birchfield. What Matt Guy did and continues to do, mm-hmm. I just, at, right now, from what I've seen and what I saw this weekend, can't keep him out of my top 10. I Again, I get it. I'm just being a, just, yeah. All right, so Matt Guy, Trey Birchfield, number 10. Number nine, Ryan, Ryan Wiedenfeld. I thought about putting him in my preseason top 10. I didn't, but I got him at number nine. Uh, number eight, I'm keeping Devin Harbaugh. Number seven, Fisher Hamilton. Number six, Justin Burton Jr. Number five, I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And, and this is probably the kiss of death for this kid, but I'm finally going to start talking about him because this is now second year in a row. This, this is Brock Purdy, right? This kid is my Brock Purdy. Number <laughs> five, top five, Alan Rawls. I'm tired of keeping him <laughs> yeah. out. I'm putting him in. Uh, so actually, I put Alan in and Alex out. Is Alex injured? I keep seeing him playing on on social media, practicing on some scooter. I don't know. Oh, I don't. I don't know if he's just yeah. doing playing around. But anyway, so Alan Rawls number five, Caleb Batson. I moved up to number four. Uh, Jamie Graham. I'm still keeping him at number three, mm-hmm. uh, even though I don't think he finished. Actually, I'm not even sure he played. He didn't play. Yeah, because he was sick. Ill. He yeah, he had an illness. Yep. Uh, Mark Richards. I took him down a spot. Uh, I don't think he finished in the money this weekend in the open. Uh, I'm thinking he played because he was there for the draft, mm-hmm. but I did not see his name in the final rankings. Put Mark Richards number two. Tony Smith, I moved up to number one this week. He finished second at the open this weekend. I like it. Uh, my 10, similar, uh, you know, some different thoughts. I have Jake Gore still at 10, holding on. I wanted to put Matt Guy in there. I was, I was, you know, it's funny is I was going to do that whole thing with a tie. And then you ended up doing it. So I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, number nine, I've got Caleb Batson. And, nine. You know, wow. Okay. I mean, I just, you know, that's this top ten, top 10, this top 10 can be really the top 15, top 20 yeah. could all be the same. Anyway, number eight, I've got him in there because he won the open. Once again, I don't put the same emphasis on opens that a lot of people do. I think opens are great. Opens and nationals, two completely different animals, right? I think the cream rises a little more in nationals, but opens are awesome. Way to go. But I don't put the same emphasis on them. But I do have Alan Rawls uh, 
<laughs> as my number eight. Oh, poor uh, bastard! Uh, this is yeah. Antonio. It's the kiss. It's like on yeah. college game day when they. I mean, all he's got to be in there. The same when they all he's... pick the same team on college game day. Yeah, I mean, chances are ninety-seven percent that team's going to lose. So poor yeah, Allen. He... We're both we both got him in our top ten. He's got to be in there. I got JBJ, Justin Burton Jr. Number seven, Alex Rawls number six, Devin Harbaugh five, Fisher four, Jamie three. I've still got Tony number two, Mark number one. And I think right. that, uh, you know, that's as the season plays out, we will continue to see. I think, I think that top, I mean, gosh, yeah, that, I mean, you could top 20, you could pick and choose and pull people in and pull people out into your top 10 all season and not be wrong. I think it's all just right. so deep. And again, the only reason I pulled Alex off is because I just, I didn't see him this weekend. I've been seeing him play on the scooter and I, and I, I don't know if he's healthy or not. I, I don't know what's going yeah. on. I'll, re- I'll reach out to him this week and, and find it out. But no, I mean, so yeah. Uh, Alan Rawls, we got to start jumping on the bat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the guy, the guy was out of his mind last year, especially the first yeah. half. And here he is again, early in the season, bang, open win. So Dude's insane. All right. Wrapping things up here with on, off, and in. Again, America's most popular podcast <laughs> segment. And I'm not kidding. Even, <laughs> even Anthony I own likes it. Even Anthony likes it. Even I even Trey texted me one time, said, by the way, dude, it's like love on off and in. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yep. All right. Let's both give our ons. You want to go first? I'll go first. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought the bottom teams did really well in the draft. When you look at uh some of our teams that didn't perform all that well last season, uh, your Virginia Cutters, your Georgia Sliders, a few others, I thought had solid drafts. I thought they did did what they could do to, um, you know, they did what they could do to make themselves better, basically. That, I mean, they totally used agree. the draft the way the draft has to be used. They got better. Now, I have it on the board because we won't know. right? I can't make it in the hole because we're not going to know until the proof is in the pudding with the play of the teams. Until then, it's just on the board. But I thought some of the bottom teams did a really good job of making themselves better. Yeah, that's a great one. I totally agree with you. Uh, my bag's on. I had a chance to have a really good conversation with Anthony Ione about this because I really wanted to run it past him. A couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. I went off on, on a tirade about DPR and how I just I <laughs> like DPR, and I think DPR is a good stat. I just think it's flawed. Without mm-hmm. having some sort of strength of opponent sure. in there, it is a flawed stat. We can use it, and sure, if you're crushing people and and, and you're like the Dallas Cowboys and you just mop up bottom feeders, bottom feeders, fine, you know. But but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily uh, completely relate to you being a defensive style player. There's right. just, there's just I, I just there there's an element like like I said with college basketball, you know, give give me quads, give me a quad one DPR. Sure. Yeah, I just, I just, I think we need to tweak it before we we can really say that this is you know the end all be all of stats for cornhole. I got but you. What what I did like was the bags on percentage. You know, I was diving, pouring through the stats, and I found that the top ranked players had the lowest bags on percentage. Mm-hmm. And so I asked Anthony. I said, I said, you know, am I onto anything here? He's like, dude, I like that. That's huge. If I can get that buy in from Anthony, yeah, in that stat, um, I'm I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay on the board with my with my bags on percentage <laughs> nice and, one all right due, due to time and the fact that i'm already putting you to sleep and i don't want to put anybody else to sleep yeah i won't Wait. Uh, i won't yeah. dive into why it's so important again we'll do that <laughs> some other time all right off the board miami dolphins <laughs> I, I was not i did i i was wrong about the miami dolphins how good are they yeah, it's like it's, watch, so it's like watching a four by 100 team play football yeah. 
It is. It's it's a track meet. Yeah, they are so fast, so much fun to watch. I'm you know wrong about the. I was just like ah, whatever. It sounds you know it's a lot of cool names, but they're not going to be that wrong about the Miami Dolphins. My bad. They're going to beat the right. Panthers this weekend. Five touchdowns minimum. minimum. Oh, they play the Panthers this weekend. Yeah, it's going to beat oh, them by five no. touchdowns minimum. Ugh, oh, brutal. my gosh. Wow. All right. My my off the board. I've talked about this before, um, but just an update. So the uh, the Mustang, I, I was totally off the board on buying the Mustang. Right. Uh, you know, if, if you live in if you live in Arizona, you live in L.A. and you want to have a, a sports car, that's fine. In a in a in a, a city that is a thousand years old that has potholes and and you know wobbly streets and bridges and everything i mean we're seriously driving around like this the whole time it's terrible <laughs> terrible decision on my part so i so there, there may i may be i may be off even more so i've decided to trade in the mustang just for a little boat i've never i've never really had a boat i'd like to get nice. we live near you, the water so we're gonna get a little boat so do we'll, you know how to do all that stuff get it in the water all that fun stuff of course i do <sighs> come on i'm a man yeah. No, I don't know yeah. how to do any of this. Stuff. Yeah, I, I have ruined that before. But yeah, it'll be fun <laughs> once you get learn how to do all that. Boats are awesome. I mean, nothing's better than having a little boat in Charleston. Nothing. Well, get on the, the intercoastal, drive around. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I mean, the fun. Mustang just just sits out in the drive. Again, we don't have a garage, so the oak trees where we live just dump on it anyway. And I'm like, this is just no fun. I'm just looking out there, looking at this beautiful Mustang. I can't drive it. It's too bumpy. Um, I, it's not like I race around town anyway. You know how congested the traffic is here. I mean, it's it's not like it's not like stereos, traffic, but but it's stereo local. has to be important on your boat. Stereo has to be important on your boat. If you're not going to be a big fisherman guy, right? Stereo has to be important. If you're out there to kind of entertain and have fun, you got to have like you'll be surprised. Like it's cool for a couple of minutes, the quiet, but after a while, you know, yeah. little music wouldn't be bad out here as the sun goes down. So remember that when you're looking for your boat. Well, and the awesome thing is, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll fish a little bit, but it's it's primarily just going to be for just just touring around because mm-hmm. that's the great thing down here. Like we've 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 lived on a lake before and had a had a lake boat, but you know, once you go around the lake a few times and look at all the houses, it's like it's like what are we doing? Here, it's like a highway system, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, all the rivers and inlets, oh, yeah. and harbors, tidal and creeks. And, oh man, yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, so not, not nothing big, but just something. I like it. Little, I like I like where your head's at, man. Let me know because I'll come down. Do you? I'm all- I, I'm all about it. This, this might be another off the off the board coming up in a, <laughs> yeah. coming up in a month. Even yeah. a worse idea than Mustang. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, you'll love a boat, man. There's nothing better than having a little boat in Charleston. It's awesome. Yeah, all right, in the hole. Yeah. In the hole, and I know this is sucking up to our staff, but I believe it. The ACL staff capability on certain things goes beyond, like, you know, what we saw from the draft weekend from having the combine, from the media day, the type of stuff that went on media day and how they were able to pull certain things off. And look, this past weekend, first open, we have an issue with Verizon. Verizon shuts everything down. They still find a way to get it. I know it was a pain in the ass for a few folks, but they still found a way to get it done. How they're able to, like the way our staff handles things. And yes, certain people get huffy because you know, if the world's falling apart at that particular moment, it's tough. They're in the weeds, if, if you will, if you want to make it like being in a, in a restaurant. But yeah, the ACL staff, especially our production crew behind the scenes, what those folks are able to do blows me away all the time, all the time. So I just a big shout because I just seeing how they put everything together. And it's not like 
I, I don't know. It just it just blows me away. So in the hole, you're you're going to be hard pressed to find a better staff than we have with the ACL. Oh man, I love that. You know what? I'm not even going to give you my in the hole because that one's that one's so good. I'll just I'll just uh, go with you on that one because it's it, it's so good. It's so true. Um, gosh, who's the analyst? Gosh, and I've done games with him before, and I can't remember the analyst. Mark. Um, oh my God, I hate that I'm forgetting his name. Uh, former coach. College basketball analyst for ESPN, Mark. I can't think of his last name now on the spot here. I'll think of it as soon as we're done. We got to sure. get off the air yeah. here in forty-five <laughs> seconds. But but he does that. He does this. He does this thing on Twitter, right? Teams that do the most with with the least, right, right, right. And I think we fall into that category. Still a young league. We don't mm-hmm. have the resources. Don't have the financial capability. But we definitely, just to piggyback what you're saying, we definitely do the most with the least, right? Oh yeah, and, and and we do it at a very high level. I mean, you're right. And again, shout out to Chase and to Corey this weekend on the draft coverage, but um, and, and to Wally and Misha, to you and to Anthony. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, to, I mean, Trey, by the way, behind the. I mean, Trey, Trey gave us all these stats. I mean, we we had so many resources to help try and prepare us. So, I mean, look um, what Jack did with the LEDs and how how all that worked was, out, and, and, and the graphics and all the stuff that they were able. I mean, some of that stuff is truly big time, big yes. time. Absolutely, and, and doing it on a limited budget. I mean, I, I don't think people understand. It's uh, it, it's, it's impressive what what those guys are and girls are able to do. Man, it's really impressive. Yeah. So in the hole, ACL. Yep. I'm with you. Good way to end the show. All right, brother. Hey, great hanging out with you. Um, again, uh, congratulations to everybody oh, on. I got to tell you more day. about what you missed. <laughs> off off air. Yeah. Off off. We'll we'll save it for off air, Bernie. <laughs> Not 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 podcast. Well, it is podcast worthy, but it's not. Yeah, it's out there. it's kind it's kind of like the Stevie conversation. <laughs> so good. All right, dude. Have a great week. All right, man. We'll see you. All right, bye, everybody.